The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus entered a village where a woman whose name was Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary who sat beside the Lord at his feet listening to him speak. Martha, burdened with much serving, came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me by myself to do the serving? Tell her to help me. The Lord said to her in reply, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, good morning. When I look at all three of our readings today, the common word concept that came to me was hospitality. Now, you might be able to get that kind of easily from the first one with Abraham and Sarah and Martha and Mary, but maybe the third is a little harder, but I'm going to try to work my way through that as, as we go. Um, so I looked at the common definition, we'll say I call it a secular definition of hospitality, and it's the friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests, visitors, or strangers and so from a secular standpoint that's kind of what we think of but um, so I've shared in the past I had the opportunities you know more than a few times to go to the Middle East and I spent some time in Saudi Arabia and um, it was on I think my second trip um, when you're there English is not really used out on the street. It's, uh, they speak Arabic and there really is just a, a real challenge for uh, communication. Well, I was having difficulty with cab drivers. And so at the front desk of the hotel, they suggested I use Uber. Well, I had never used Uber before, so my first trip in, with an Uber driver was in Saudi Arabia in a country where you know, I couldn't communicate with people out on the street. So I did that, and the first couple times it worked pretty well. So I was like, hey, this is great. I, don't, I, can, I can find where I need to go. I can pay for it automatically. You know, the communication isn't a problem. Well, I found myself coming back one day, uh, back to my hotel. And as technology happens, it, uh, it broke. I got in the car. I mean, it was right when I got in the car. But uh, as we were driving, it was clear we were not going to my hotel. And so I'm trying to communicate that to the driver. And he finally gets it. And uh, I don't know really remember how. It wasn't easy. We finally get back to my hotel. And I suppose I, was, uh, I had a little anxiety because I'm I'm not sure what's going to happen. Well, we get to the hotel, and I'm thinking, well, how am I going to pay you? I, I really just take out uh, Saudi money, and I just show him. I'm like, you know, how much is this going to be? And he's trying to communicate back with me. And so he types on his phone, and then he hands me his phone. And what he had done is he, he asked uh, a person that he knows to 
type back in english a message to me so here i'm looking at this phone and it says you are a guest in my country and your welfare is my responsibility there will be no charge for your trip today i'm like wow that's that's incredible you wouldn't find that in most places you go in the world well it made me do a little more investigation about this concept of hospitality in the middle east because it's a little bit different we think more of entertainment but yet it stems from a hostile environment of the desert where the idea of hospitality is to turn strangers into friends hospitality there is to turn strangers into friends well if we go back to the story of abraham uh, and there's one other clarifying note that i want to uh, leave you with um, you heard in the story there were three men and then there's one uh, and at some point if through we're reading we're going to see maybe they're angels and so it's always nice in the bottom of our american standard bibles there's notes on the bottom and there it kind of helps clarify uh the concept i want to pass along to you it says the shifting numbers and identification of the visitors are a narrative way of expressing the mysterious presence of god the mysterious presence of god that sounds a whole lot like the Trinity. Three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And many theologians over the, the centuries have equated those three angels, those three men, as the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, visiting with Abraham and Sarah. Well, because it's also Genesis in our first reading, and it's not that long before we heard about how God created the world. And with my kind of new definition of hospitality, I thought I could see that really the hospitality of God, God's hospitality, God created the world. He created the abundance. And he wants to make strangers into friends that's really what he's doing he's asking Sarah and Abraham to share his abundance that God created back with him because he knows what's good for us and it's a symbol of what we do we share the abundance that God has given us back with strangers because that's what loving our neighbor is right well, God the Father also had a purpose. He wanted to create a family. So it wasn't just, this is the heavenly, divine uh, hospitality. God wants to create not just friends, but family. And what purpose? To create a church. And ultimately to create a bride for his son and that's really what we see in our gospel reading here it is that mary is listening to jesus and i think about what is it that jesus is telling mary 
well, I want a bigger family than what I see with what the Father's created. I want to extend this to as big as it can be. So here is Jesus telling Mary, I want a big family for this marriage that's going to happen. Martha is thinking about entertaining the existing family. Jesus says, it's not big enough. I want a huge family. I want as many people in this family that I'm going to marry into my church. I want it as big as it can possibly be. Well, so this is this divine God's hospitality in these first two. And we've seen the Father and the Son through Jesus in those readings. In the second reading from Colossians, I look very much at just an unbelievable statement that we can somehow share in the sufferings of Christ. It's really hard to fathom, isn't it? How could we share in any part of that sacrifice that he made? But yet here it is. We are called to participate through the suffering, the little tiny bit that we go through helps the church. And so I'm thinking, well, what's the piece missing? It's the Holy Spirit. The, the advocate who keeps reminding us that we need to stay a family and add to the family. The father started the family with Abraham. Jesus is saying, he was really announcing, I want a bigger family. I want people to go out and grow this. And here it is, Paul to Colossians is saying, stay in the family by suffering and grow the family by showing people what it's really like. The joy that it is to be a part of my family that's going to be part of the wedding. That's the incredible part, I think, of this salvation history that we see in these three readings. Now, um, with this past week, I think about persecution and trials, and there's, of course, a lot going on with the value them both amendment. It's, uh, uh, we're really seeing a lot of issues that are going on, and if you have a sign in your yard or you have, uh, you know, something on your car, or, or maybe you've talked to people, and it's all of a sudden it's like, well, we really have a difference of opinion, and many times anger is coming out. We're called to love. We're called to love all of these strangers to our faith, to bring them into the family. That's what we're called to do. Just this last Monday, the gospel reading, uh, Jesus tells us, he says, Do not think that I have come to bring peace upon the earth. I have come to bring not peace, but the sword. And he says that uh, father and son and mother and daughter even those in your own household will be enemies. And with this difficult amendment, this concept that we have, it does create a lot of issues, probably in our own family, but even more with our neighbor. Well, I've been thinking about, we have to love that neighbor. We have to love that stranger. And one of the things I was contemplating on is, how do we start a conversation? Well, we have to look for common ground. And a lot of times that's very difficult to find. 
And when I dig into what it means to say no, well, no on the amendment. Stop the ban. Well, what ban? What, what, what specifically are you trying to ban? Well, one of the elements that a vote no would get would be this barbaric way of dismembering the live fetus in the womb. And I think certainly no one, that's got to be common ground. No one would say, yes, that's, that's appropriate. We don't have to necessarily start at the concept of life from conception, but we certainly can find some common ground from a moral perspective that dismembering a live fetus, I mean, that's, that's, what, the, that's what the law is, dismembering a live fetus. That makes no sense. That just, at, at the second trimester, it makes no sense. There has to be a common area that we could look at. We have to remember that Jesus has said, I want to make strangers into first friends and then family. And that's a process. That comes from our loving the stranger because we're in hostile desert territory, right? It's not a lot different than back in the desert of Abraham's time. It's a very chaotic and difficult environment. But we have to transform these strangers ultimately into family, and friends is the first place. And we have to go to common ground. That's how we build up and expand the biggest possible church that Jesus wants to marry.